I believe that what God has laid in my heart to share um, with you this week is exactly for you. It's, it's for the you that has been praying for an answer from the Lord. It's the you that has been hit by hardship uh, very recently. The you that wants to trust God, but your feelings and your emotions are betraying you and are taking you to, into a different direction. The you that is finding difficult to understand exactly what God is doing and how he wants to use you in this stage in your life. And so since last Sunday, and even it was during the Sunday service last week, that this word was pulsing in my heart very strongly, the word overflow. And God, I believe God brought it in my heart, and he used the words that we read in Psalm 23, in verse, uh, in, in this, this uh, psalm, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I lack. And then afterwards it says, My cup overflows. And it was a, such an important reminder to me that life with God is a life that overflows. It means that we don't just have enough, we have an abundance. Now let me clarify something straight up in the beginning. We get into passages like these and some of our thoughts go straight to money, go straight to physical blessing, but I'm not going to talk about money, neither is David talking about it. We're talking about something that is a lot more important than money, a lot more important than any physical blessing that we might get from the Lord, more important than what we eat, drink, wear, or consume in this planet. David is talking about life. He is talking about his heart, what is happening inside of his soul. He is taking a deep, immense look at himself, and he's talking about a deep and immense satisfaction in God, wholeness by having the Lord as his shepherd. And David is talking about the same shepherd that said in John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. I came that my sheep may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The life that Jesus gives us and this word that is translated as abundantly in the Greek is perissos, which means more than enough. It means to have a surplus till it overflows. And if our cup overflows, it means that we're not just full, it means that we're running over. So what does it like, what does it look like to have a life that overflows? If that's the purpose, how can we have it in God? And that's why I want us first to read Psalm 23. And let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I lack. In green pastures, he, takes me, he, he makes me lie down. To still waters, he leads me. He restores my soul. He guides me along right paths for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You set a table before me in the front of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup 
overflows. Indeed, goodness and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord for endless days. Amen. I don't know about you, but every time I read this psalm, every time I picture Jesus as my shepherd, I simply love this image. David believed that this image best described his relationship with God. Because the same way that this shepherd takes care of his sheep, takes good care of them, so the Lord takes care of David's soul. And he's declaring that with Jesus as his shepherd, he already has everything that he needs. And I'm going to be talking with you about overflowing. Our cup is not just full, but the purpose is it for overflow. But if we are really honest, how many times do we actually feel that we are overflowing? Many times we're living, we're actually serving Christ, but we don't even feel that we're at a point where our cup is full. And I'm no stranger to that feeling. Even this morning, if I have to be totally honest with you, I don't feel that I'm overflowing. I don't even feel that my cup is totally full. But if God is challenging us, if the principle here that how the good shepherd takes care of your inner life, your shepherd wants your life to overflow. God doesn't want your life just to be full. He wants you to overflow. He wants to make you go even further in your relationship with the shepherd. But in order for us to overflow and fully understand, we'll go into passages later that will allow us to understand what does a life that overflow looks like, we first need to have our cups full. I don't know about you, but I need to get my cup really full this morning. We don't want to serve God depleted. We don't want to start our weeks like feeling that we're just half full, we're half empty, and there's something missing. The point is, the Lord wants to bring us all before him and that we may declare, the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. So what are the needs of our souls? What are the things that God is promising us in the word of God in this Psalm 23? And the first one is rest. David said, in green pastures, he makes me lie down because our souls need rest. Body-wise, we understand the importance of resting. Everyone says how important it is to have a good night of rest. And we know how important it is. We all know what it feels like to be exhausted. But if we have a good night's sleep, oh my gosh, we're ready to take on the next day. But that won't do much if your soul is not feeling rested. And maybe that's how we feel today. We just feel tired, exhausted about everything that is going on, especially because of COVID and all its consequences. And I'm with you. I understand it fully. We are tired. There is, we're, there's exhaustion inside of our souls. But, this, but Jesus said, the good shepherd said, come to me. All of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. 
Rest is a gift of the good shepherd. And he promises that in him we will find rest for our souls. Rest for your soul is trust that doesn't wear out. Rest for your soul is trust that will never ever end. And Jesus says, come to me. Just come to me and I will give you rest. And can you say to Jesus this morning, Jesus, I'm coming back to you. Jesus, I want this ability to trust in you, a trust that never ends. I want to be restored in you. Because that's what happens when we come to Jesus. He wants to give us a soul that is restful. David also said, to still waters, he leads me. This talks about sustenance. Your soul needs sustenance. Even in the presence of the enemies of your soul, Jesus promises he will set a table before you. A table means nourishment, means provision. The enemies are not the host of this party. Jesus is the host of this party. Jesus is still the one that is in charge of your life. He is in charge of the events, of everything that is going on. And even in the presence of the enemies of your soul, anything that wants to bring you down, Jesus is in charge of the situation. And I also love this passage that we read in John chapter 7. Jesus invites everyone. He says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. See, again, Jesus says, if you need something, if this is what you need, Jesus just simply says, come to me, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scriptures has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. These are the rivers from the inside depths of someone's being. Jesus didn't say it's just going to be a drizzle. It's just going to be something to give you a little bit of, of hope, a little bit of rest, a little bit of nourishment. No, Jesus is saying that rivers are going to gush from within you. And in the same verse, Jesus tells us that this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In the same way that we cannot cross a desert on our own. The same way that there's going to be needs in our hearts. There's going to be need of water most importantly. We can do it on our own. We cannot go through life without the presence of the Holy Spirit. We cannot go through the circumstances and the hardships without this well, this fountain that is flowing from within us. God offers us sustenance. The third thing that we learn from this psalm is that he guides us along right paths. Your soul needs guidance. And sometimes I, I mess up when I'm driving. I think that I know the best way to get this, to go somewhere. And especially in Lisbon, if, you, if you're overconfident, you will most probably be Uh, just stuck in traffic for half of your day. Some, there are days that are simply impossible. But then when I find myself in that situation that I think, yeah, this time of day, the traffic should be somewhere else, so I'm going to go this way. And then all of a sudden, I'm there, and it's full of traffic, and I've just wasted so, so much time of my life there. But then I, 
I just turn on my phone, I put this app that many of you have, it's called Waze, and all of a sudden it tells you that even if you're in the middle of the biggest traffic jam of your life, this app will do everything possible to make you arrive at your destination the fastest that you can. And this is how I many times I feel about my life and about God's guidance. I think that I know the best way to go there. I think I know the best way to manage and navigate the circumstances of life. But then I find myself in these shortcuts. I find myself in these times that I'm simply stuck. And there's no way I can go back. And there's no way I can go further. But then we call upon the name of the Lord. David declares... He guides me along right paths. There's not a time that is inconvenient for you to call upon the name of God and say, God, I'm stuck. Help me. Let me know what to do. Guide me in the right paths. Because there are many options and there are many ways that you might want to go. But only God knows the ways that are right. And he guides us through those paths. He knows exactly where you are, and he knows exactly your way out of that situation into the way that he has in store for you. David declares, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David was saying here that Jesus is his safe place. Jesus is the good shepherd that offers you comfort. David didn't need to be in the sheep pen to feel comfort. He didn't need to be with all of the other sheep inside those four walls in order to feel safe. What mattered to David was the presence of Jesus in his life. Because life doesn't only happen in the sheep pen life doesn't just happen inside these four walls for example in church when we're here and everything is perfect and everyone is so nice and everyone loves God and here is the best place that we can ever be no actually life happens outside life happens in the pastures and Jesus knows where he's taking us and David said when our good shepherd he opens the door he leads us he guides us to green fields, he guides us to still waters. He takes care of us so well. He, Jesus is the promise of abundant life. But sometimes we'll go through valleys. Valleys, as David calls, of the shadow of death. And it's not going to be comfortable. And just this word, and David using this word shadow of death it makes you scared it makes you fearful but David is saying it doesn't matter where I am if it's a comfortable place if it's an uncomfortable place if it's safe if it's not safe I am well because you are with me Jesus's presence is enough for you to feel comfort in your soul A few years ago, I read this book called The Heavenly Men. It's an autobiography of Brother Yoon, 
a Chinese brethren, how he was persecuted back home. He was put in prison because he was a firm believer in Jesus Christ. And not just that, but everyone around him would know that Jesus is the Lord. That Jesus is God and he has a plan for salvation for everyone. So you can imagine how it would feel for you and I to be in a situation like he was. The book describes vividly how life was in prison. Several types of torture. It's, for the most part, it's a very uncomfortable book to read. But throughout the book, he also shares about the heavenly joy. The heavenly peace that he felt in his prison cell. Because Jesus was there with him. The presence of Jesus was enough for him not just to endure, but to feel joy. To feel peace in the darkest of places, in the darkest period, darkest season of his life. He was able to experience joy. Not joy in circumstances, joy from within. And the book ends with an amazing miracle. I don't want to give it away. If you don't have many things to read during this lockdown, go get this heavenly man book. I promise that is going to be worthwhile. But just the fact that God allowed this man to go into one of the darkest valleys that anyone can be. And still, he is a testimony of how God promises comfort. And he delivers. David also declares, you anoint my head with oil. This is probably the part that requires more explanation. Because you see in Jewish culture, what people would put on their heads would be a reflection of how they are feeling inside. And you probably already read in the word of God many times, in times that there's hardship and struggle and mourning, that people would put ashes over their heads. Because ashes were a symbol of grief, a symbol of death, and it's exactly how they feel inside. It's exactly the situation they're going through. But in special days, in special occasions, in celebrations, oil was poured in the heads of the guests. Oil is a symbol of joy. It's a symbol of God's blessing. And God says, you can even feel that you are in a celebration when you are surrounded by your enemies. You, life can be a party. <laughs> your soul can feel like in a party. When everything around you says otherwise. And Jesus promises us that he is going to be with us. Jesus is in charge of that situation. So even if you are going through the valley of shadow of death. Even if you just feel surrounded by enemies, God does not have ashes for you. God has his precious oil. God has joy in store for you. The fruit of the Spirit uh, that we read in Galatians right after love, the word that comes after is joy. Because God knows how much joy we need. And it's part of this promise of an abundant life. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. 
This is not a spiritual cliche. This is actually one of the deepest truths that we can experience as believers. One of the things that we can experience daily with Jesus. And for our cups to overflow, first, our cups need to be full. David says, goodness and mercy will pursue me all of the days of my life. God's grace, God's mercy, God's goodness, they want to follow us every single day, good days and in bad days. And we can only experience this abundant life if we have this revelation of the fullness of Jesus. If we understand that the only thing that we have to do, if we feel depleted, if we feel that we're lacking, is come to me. Come to me. If you are tired, come to me if you're thirsty. Come to me if you don't have joy. Just come to me. And Jesus promises to fill our cups. This is what he wants to remind you this morning. You don't have to go on lacking. Whether it's love, if it's peace, if it's wisdom, whatever it is, if you need grace, if you need forgiveness, if you need patience, Jesus is the shepherd that has promised to take care of your soul. All that you have to do is come to him and drink. In his encounter with the Samaritan woman, Jesus declared this in John chapter 4, verse 14. But those who drink the water that I will give them will never become thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give them will become in them a spring that gushes up to eternal life. And I love this passage, but as I was reading it this week, something came to my mind. One thing is never to be thirsty again. Another thing is having this fresh Fresh spring of water just gushing up from within you. One thing is having enough rest and sustenance and guidance and comfort and joy. Another thing is having these things in abundance. One thing is having our cups full. And another thing is living with our cups overflowing. And Jesus is actually telling us a very important spiritual principle for us to live by. Whatever comes from God's hand is not like a stagnant pool of water, but water gushing up with energy. When Jesus pours his care over your life, when Jesus takes care of you as a good shepherd, he's just not getting you what you need to get by. He's actually wanted to give you more than you can ever contain for yourself. When God pours his presence in your life, he's doing it not just for your sake, but for the sake of those around you. Overflowing has more to do with where, where you are and the people you're with than just exactly what is happening inside of you. We understand many things about Christian life by looking into the book of Acts. Acts, I discovered recently, it's one of Masood's favorite books of the Bible, right? It is. It's an amazing book. And in this book, we see this little seed called the early church. A very small group of people, but they grew. They grew so much and they changed the world forever. 
But they never really changed the world before this, exactly this happened. And let's read together in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4. The Bible says, Wait here to receive the promise from the Father which I told you about. In a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will receive power. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and in every part of the world. And when you continue reading Acts and you go to chapter 2, you see this group of believers together praying, preaching the word. When they have been immersed with the Holy Spirit, their lives became so much more than just their own faith in Jesus, their own hope of eternal life. Life became about this overflowing power of God that took over and then changed the world because it was filling their lives. All of a sudden, because they were in this room and the Holy Spirit came with power, Peter got up and he preached the word of God and over 3,000 people got saved. Every day, the Bible says, every day, People would gather together and they would witness miracles, generosity, hospitality, prayer, worship. These were part of the daily life of the church. Every day the Lord was adding more people to this community. Because the church became not only the receptacle of God's blessings. It became of this fresh spring just gushing life. From within. The work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is not restricted to us, but it finds its fullness in overflowing to other people. An abundant life is a life that overflows. And I want you to remember this, this sentence that I'm going to say overflowing is the natural way to live supernaturally. The apostles didn't. Just grouped together and they've said, okay, okay, let's, let's huddle, let's come together. Okay, so Jesus gave us this responsibility, this task to live for him and, and to spread the gospel and to live good lives. Okay, so how can we do this? Who has the best strategy? Okay, you, uh, Matthew, John, what do you think? Where should we do? Okay, what are your gifts? What are your talents? What do you like doing? What do you don't like doing? Okay, so you be part of this team. You'll be part of that team. Okay, guys, we're ready. Let's change the world together. Let's do this. And they did some team building exercises. It was amazing. It was just a really good time. No, actually not. Jesus' priority to the disciples, beyond anything else, above anything else, from their inner life, from their, from their outer life, Jesus' priority for his disciples is the same priority for us. Their priority was to seek God. Their priority was to be filled with God with the presence of the Holy Spirit, with the power of God. Jesus said, wait here. And when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will receive power. And there's contradiction here. There's no power in waiting. Naturally speaking, you have to do something in order to see things happen. But the priority that Jesus said was waiting there was so much to be done. 
But Jesus said, if you want to go into the world as I'm telling you to, if you want to make disciples, if you want to baptize people, if you want to have something, if you want to have your cups full so that you can overflow and give to people out of that overflow, what you need is not an action plan. You need a wait. And waiting actually doesn't mean an invitation to nothingness. And fortunately, the disciples understood what it meant. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 14 says, They all joined together constantly in prayer. A group numbering about 120 people. The disciples gather in prayer. The disciples gather to extend their life with God, their relationship with God. They all looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, you are the good shepherd. I can't do anything on my own. Jesus, I won't dare to go anywhere else and do anything else if you are not with me. It was a call to seek and desire God more than anything. It might have felt like a waste of time. And especially those who don't like to sit around and just be inactive for a while. Imagine that days and days and people just there and worshiping and praying and being there. And they're like, okay, when, is, when are we going to go and do something? And people need to know that Jesus rose again from the dead. Come on, let's do something. No. Priority is seeking Priority is having your cup full before you do anything else. Not seeking miracles, not seeking power, but seeking Him. Because God can do so much more than we can ever do on our own. And when their cup began overflowing, the word says, Acts 2, starting in verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Why? Because now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under, under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. You see, there is no more effective way of serving Jesus than when your cup is running over. There's nothing better than we can achieve for God than seek him and be filled with him. Before we do anything else. And I know and I'm preaching to, the, to, to myself here. So many times we, we preach and we speak and we help others. But our cups aren't that full yet. And I know what it feels like. And I know that this is a challenge for us. Because if I only serve God when I feel that my cup is full. Man, when is that ever going to happen? But what Jesus is saying here, before you do anything else, come to me. Come to me, seek me. Because he knows how to get your cup full. 
Sometimes you don't even feel that your cup is full, but Jesus is with you, and as you serve, as you give, as he leads your life, you will see power and things happening inside of you that you didn't even know they were possible. Because you are trusting the good shepherd that takes care of your soul. The presence of the Holy Spirit is this presence. Overflowing is not a result of your own efforts, but a result of what God is doing in you. And very soon after this, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And everyone who was a Christ follower, overflowing with the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives, they were scattered throughout the region. People were being killed because of their faith. Saul, who later became Paul, was one of those who began to try to destroy the church. And naturally speaking, this could have been the beginning of the end. But the word of God says in Acts chapter 8 verse 4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. You see, Jerusalem wasn't their safe place. Their safe place was Jesus. What the persecution wanted to do is to grow this community, grow fear in this community, and let them stay and don't do anything. But it actually had the opposite effect. Because even when persecution broke, even when people were being scattered and being killed, the church still had its cup full. Even when things are going strangely in your life, when you don't understand what is happening, you can still have your cup full. And the church not only had their cups full, but it was overflowing. In spite of these circumstances, these circumstances could not stop the grace and the power that God had in store for the church. It's actually when life is the hardest that we need to overflow the most. When life hits us the hardest, it's exactly when you and I, we need to come to Jesus and seek him more than ever before. People will say, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why why are you not panicking? Aren't you worried about this? How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to do this? What are you going to do with when your health is going down the drain? And you simply declare, but I'm seeking Jesus. Because I know who is my good shepherd. I know who takes care of me. And I pray that you know who is taking care of you. In this same chapter, we see a man called Philip. The Bible describes, and it's beautiful how uh, the book of Acts describes this man. He was a man that was so filled with God that, that things just happened. He opened his mouth. People would be drawn to Jesus. He would just pray for people and miracles would just happen out of the blue and give him even more opportunities to to share the gospel. And God had uh, taken him through Samaria during the persecution time. But then the Bible says that an angel from the Lord told him, go south to the desert road. And he went. He felt led by God. So he went to that route. And as he was on his way, he met an important Ethiopian official who just came from worshiping God in Jerusalem. And he was sitting in his chariot reading this book of Isaiah. 
And in that God-ordained moment, that government official got saved and was baptized because Philip was sensitive to God. Philip was sensitive to the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible says in Acts 8, verse 39, when they came, out, came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. And this story is simply amazing. It's a reminder that we are meant to serve God out of the overflow of his presence in our lives. We were never meant to trust in our expertise. We were never meant to trust in our gifts and our abilities or even our understanding. If we want to see great things happening in this world, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. We need to seek our, our Lord the most. Because that will be able to serve him out of this overflow when our cup is flowing. And when that happens in our lives, there are no barriers. When God is working in your life and you're overflowing, things that seem impossible will happen. The same way that this eunuch and, and Philip were there, he was just baptized. It was such a happy moment and all of a sudden, Philip vanishes. Out of nowhere. And he finds himself in some other city up north. Because that was God's power at work in his life. Because he was filled and over, overflowing with the power and the presence of the Lord. The Lord knows how to take you from this situation into your next blessing. Into your next purpose. Into God's plan for your life. More than your own math and you, your own way of trying to figure out what is the best way to reach the goal. Philip was simply concerned in living his life, life for, to the fullest with the presence of Jesus in his heart and life. There is no lack in fruit, in fruit uh, there is no lack of um, fruit in someone that is truly seeking God. And I want to invite the worship team to come. As we close this time, by reminding you that in order for you to live with your life full of God, in order for you to live with your cup full, we need a revelation of the fullness of Jesus. When we read in the word of God, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I lack. You need to understand who this shepherd is. You need to understand what is he promising you. What he's the source of for your life. And I know how hard it is then when life happens and we just get stuck in so many different circumstances and things that are happening inside of us, outside of our lives. And we allow our cups to simply drain. But Jesus is the good shepherd. And he promises you, come to me. Just come to me if you're thirsty. 
come to me if you're tired. Come to me if you are in need of rest. If you're in need of sustenance. If you're in need of comfort. If you're in need of joy. You see, things may be falling apart or seem like they're falling apart outside of you. And we have to do things about it. And we ask God for wisdom and to make decisions and, and in order to better our lives. But you see, that, that doesn't really matter if inside of you, you're dry and you're thirsty all the time. What Jesus is promising you is something so much deeper, so much more important than circumstances. Jesus wants you to live an abundant life. The enemy came and he tries to destroy, he tries to kill, he tries to take away, but Jesus came so that his sheep may have life and have life in all its abundance. Jesus has abundant life for you this morning. God is the source that never, never runs dry. And my prayer for you and me is that as we come together before him, as his flock, as his sheep, we want to tell him, Jesus, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you, not because I need things, but because you are the source. Because you are everything that I need. And maybe we need to ask forgiveness. Lord, forgive me for trying to cover up my life and those holes and those things in my life with other things that are not bringing satisfaction, that are not being able to bring me joy. Lord, help me to get rid of those things and help me to find happiness and fulfillment in you. Because you see, when we start praying this way, when we start living this way, we will begin to overflow. You will begin, we'll, we'll, we will begin to see God taking you to places and to people and to circumstances and, and privileges that you've never ever expected before. God's plans are higher than your plans. His ways are higher than your ways. And we will only be able to live those out if our souls are filled with His presence. If our cup is full and overflowing. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for the promises of Your Word. We're so grateful to have a shepherd that takes care of us. You look inside of us and you don't judge us and you don't, you don't put us down and you don't bring shame to our hearts. You know exactly how we are this morning and how much we need you. Lord, and the only thing that we can say, the only thing that we can do is, is say, here I am, Lord. Here we are. We want to come to you. We want to come to you knowing that you are the good shepherd, that you want to fill our hearts, you want to fill our souls.
You want to give us rest and comfort and joy and sustenance. You want to give us everything that we need. Lord, be everything that we need this morning. Be everything that we need throughout this week and throughout our lives. May we seek you in order to live a life that overflows. We give you all the praise and all the honor that your name deserves. We pray all of this in Jesus' name.